Hello everyone, what is up? Welcome back to another episode of Killer Instinct. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you are new here, hi, my name is Savannah and I am your host of Killer Instinct. Before we get started, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button, that way you never miss an episode. We post weekly on the podcast every Wednesday and on YouTube on Wednesdays as well. You are not going to want to miss it, so make sure you're always tuned in. Now, as you guys can tell by the title of today's episode, today we are talking about a very tragic, tragic case. It is a solved case, and it is one that has gotten a little bit of attention from the media recently because it is a more recent case. It occurred in the past three years, and just because of the sheer tragedy that this case is. So today, as you can tell, we are talking about the murder of Daniel Hulseth. So let's jump right on into it. Daniel Hulseth was born on January 28, 1976 in Estacada, Oregon to his parents, Wendell and Christine Hulseth. Daniel was one of many siblings. He had three brothers, Ben, Tom, and Michael, as well as a sister named Leslie. Growing up, Daniel attended Hood River Valley High School and then went on to earn his bachelor's in music at the Western Oregon State University. Daniel was incredibly passionate about music, especially the drums and piano. People who knew him actually called him Drummer Dan. That was his nickname. After Western Oregon University, Daniel went on to earn his master's in business at Corbin University. Now, I was able to find Daniel on Instagram and see his social media, and it is clear just based off of looking at his Instagram, which really is the beauty of social media nowadays, is that you can really see someone's interests and passions. And for Daniel, he laid it all out there. In his Instagram bio, he actually includes fitness, technology, politics, music, animals, nature, veterans, faith, and children. That's all in his Instagram bio. And it is clear just based off of the pictures that he would post. He was passionate about traveling and loved being in nature. He was constantly wanting to capture the moment of special times in his life. According to Daniel's friends, Daniel was a type of person that always wanted to make the most out of life. He really cherished every single moment. A little catchphrase that he would even tell his friends is to stop and smell the roses. Daniel was known as being a very positive person. He was always wanting to make people feel welcomed, make people feel accepted. He never wanted anyone to feel excluded or like an outcast. And again, to just always feel welcomed. That was really important to him. Now, on March 16th of 2001, Daniel ended up getting married to a woman named Elizabeth. The two of them met while Daniel was in college, and they got married a few years later before moving to Las Vegas. When they moved to Vegas, Daniel started a computer company, and Elizabeth is actually a politician. She was a member of the Nevada Senate from 2010 to 2012. She was actually the youngest woman in Nevada to ever be elected to the Nevada legislature. However, she ended up having to resign in 2012, and that had a lot to do with her marriage to Daniel. In October of 2011, Daniel ended up getting arrested for gross and lewd behavior during a fight that he had with Elizabeth. 
The fight was caused due to Daniel accusing Elizabeth of having an affair with a man named Tiger. Daniel had his suspicions for quite some time that Elizabeth was talking to Tiger and was seeing Tiger. So much so that Daniel had actually reached out to Tiger himself and asked him to stop communicating with Elizabeth. However, that did not have any effect on Elizabeth and Tiger because they ended up continuing their relationship. They would go on work trips together and just trips out of town together. And this particular fight occurred on one of the times that Elizabeth had come back from a trip with Tiger. And so the argument had escalated and Daniel was ultimately arrested. Daniel ended up getting charged and indicted in August 2012 with two felony counts of coercion and battery, as well as a misdemeanor count for open and gross lewdness. Now, Daniel did reach a plea deal and pled guilty to the misdemeanor coercion and battery charge and was sentenced to pay $975, as well as serve 97 hours of community service and attend anger management classes. He also ended up having to register to become a sex offender due to a sexual assault claim that Elizabeth filed. Now, Daniel ended up officially filing for divorce from Elizabeth in November of 2011. So the two of them had been married for close to 11 years by the time that they got divorced. And at the time that they got divorced, Daniel and Elizabeth had three children together. They had Sierra, Dana, and Jordan. Now, once the divorce was finalized, there was a very bitter custody battle between Daniel and Elizabeth, and ultimately, Elizabeth received primary custody over all three of her children, and once she received primary custody, she ended up relocating her and her kids to Alaska, which is where she would then marry Tiger. So she divorces Daniel, takes the kids, moves to Alaska, marries Tiger. Now, at this point, the divorce was finalized. So Elizabeth marrying Tiger was something that she obviously could do. She's a single woman and was able to relocate her kids and have a fresh start. That's what she really wanted was a fresh start with her kids and with Tiger. However, for Daniel, this was really heartbreaking for him because not only was he getting a divorce, he also was not going to be able to see his children because they were moving to Alaska. Now, after the divorce was finalized and Daniel was spending his time on his work and traveling and in nature, he also was able to refocus on his love life. And that is where he met another woman. And I am probably definitely going to butcher this name. So I apologize in advance. However, he married a woman named Bogdana. The two of them dated for some time before getting married. However, they ultimately ended up divorcing in 2019. Now, when Daniel went through the second divorce, as you can imagine, it was incredibly heartbreaking for him because he felt like he was finally getting his life back on track. He had his job, he loved to travel, and now he had his wife and they were going to like conquer it together. So when he went through a second divorce, it really caused him to lose a lot of hope and momentum and he felt like he was back to square one and back to the drawing board. However, things started to get a little bit better for Daniel in 2020 when Elizabeth, Tiger, and the three children ended up moving back to Las Vegas. The reason they chose to do this was because the three kids preferred living in Vegas over Alaska, and when they finally made this move, Daniel was absolutely thrilled. He thought that this was the fresh start that he needed with his kids. He was going to be able to see them more frequently, 
and it was really going to fill that void that he had been missing ever since they left. So like I've mentioned, there were three kids, Sierra, Jordan, and Dana. And Sierra was the youngest at the time. She was 16 years old. And at the time that they had moved back to Vegas, Sierra started spending a lot of time at Daniel's house. She would spend the night there. She would spend multiple nights there. She ended up really residing there more than she did at Elizabeth and Tiger's home. And this was something that Daniel really enjoyed. He loved having Sierra around. He loved being around his kids. He loved being able to have that one-on-one time with them that he felt like he had missed out on for all of those years. However, again, this technically legally wasn't supposed to be allowed because Elizabeth had primary custody over all of the children. So Daniel actually took Elizabeth back to court to try and see if they could arrange a custody agreement where Daniel would get custody of Sierra. However, the judge denied Daniel's request in order that Sierra went back to live at Elizabeth's. Now, regardless of the judge's decision, Sierra was a 16-year-old girl who wanted to do what she wanted to do, and she wanted to spend time at Daniel's house. She wanted to be there with him for whatever the reason may be. So she would oftentimes sneak out of Elizabeth's home and go over to see Daniel and spend the night there. And it was also around this time where Sierra ended up getting into her first relationship. Sierra started dating an 18-year-old boy named Aaron Guerrero. Aaron and Sierra started dating in June of 2020 and were spending all of their time together, and Sierra had fallen head over heels for Aaron. It was definitely one of those high school romance relationships where you just see rainbows and butterflies and All Sierra wanted to do was be with Aaron. Nothing else mattered. And at first, the parents, Daniel, Elizabeth, Aaron's parents, everyone thought that this was an innocent high school relationship. Sierra had her first boyfriend. This is so great. However, things started to take a shift when Daniel overheard Aaron and Sierra creating a plan that they were going to rob their parents and run away to Los Angeles to live there together. Now, when Daniel heard this, he decided that the best thing to do would be to inform the other parents of what was going on. So firstly, Daniel told Elizabeth, he pulled Elizabeth to the side and let her know what was happening. And after Daniel told Elizabeth, they decided the best thing to do would be to sit down with Aaron's parents and let them know what their kids were plotting. Now, after the four parents had their meeting together, they unanimously decided that the best thing to do would be to force Sierra and Aaron to stop seeing each other. They decided that clearly this relationship was surpassing a healthy level and was crossing the line into being toxic. So they decided the best thing to do would be to tell them that they were not going to be allowed to see one another anymore. And that's exactly what they did. Daniel and Elizabeth told Sierra that she was no longer allowed to see Aaron, and Aaron's parents told him the same. Now, as you can imagine, when Sierra, who again was 16, was told by her parents that she was no longer going to be allowed to see her boyfriend, this was not something that she took lightly, and it was not something that she accepted. 
And it really wasn't even something that changed anything. Sierra continued to see Aaron, but she would just do it in a more sneaky way. She was 16 years old. She would sneak out of the house. She would text him without them knowing. She was still in communication with Aaron. She was still seeing Aaron, but she was just more sneaky about it. So that leads us to April 8th of 2021. Imagine an app designed to make you use it less. Seems a little counterproductive, right? Well, Apartments.com's Instant Alert feature works exactly that way. Instead of scanning rental listings a million times a day, simply set and forget your search to whatever you're looking for in a place and let Apartments.com do the rest. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking is listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments.com's instant alerts mean that you can spend less time looking for the perfect place and more time on just doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. So now we move on to April 8th of 2021. And on April 8th, Daniel's mom, Christine, had been trying to get a hold of him for a couple days now. It was about two days that she had been trying to reach Daniel. However, she wasn't able to get any answer. She was calling him. She was texting him. And Daniel and Christine typically talked at least once a day. So the fact that Christine wasn't getting any response from Daniel whatsoever was worrisome for her. It was worrisome enough where Christine and ended up reaching out to Sierra. Christine called Sierra and asked Sierra where her dad was and if she could talk to him. And Sierra told Christine that Daniel wasn't home at the moment. And the reason he wasn't responding was because his phone was broken. So don't worry, his phone's broken. He'll reach out to you in a couple days. He just can't right now because his phone's broke. Now, again, that was on the night of April 8th. Now we move on to April 9th at around 10 a.m. And Christine called Sierra a second time. She called Sierra and asked again, where is Daniel? At this time, Sierra gave Christine the same runaround saying his phone was still broken and he was in the shower. Now, whether this was mother's intuition or just simply a bad gut feeling, Christine knew that there was something more going on. She had asked Sierra to speak with Daniel on Sierra's phone and Sierra again giving her the runaround, telling her he's in the shower and Christine gave Sierra an ultimatum. She told Sierra that if you do not put me on the phone with your father, I am going to call the police. And when Christine gave Sierra that threat, Sierra automatically hung up the phone. Once Sierra hung up the phone, Christine then immediately called Daniel's landlord and lifelong friend named Peggy Newman. Peggy was a family friend. It was someone that Daniel knew, his family knew. And Christine called Peggy and asked Peggy if she could go over and just check on Daniel and make sure that everything was okay. She said she just had a weird feeling. She wasn't able to get in touch with him. And Peggy agreed to go see what was going on. 
Now, Peggy did not go alone to the house. She brought her friend and went to the house on 8400 Dunphy Court. When Peggy got there, she saw that the front door was already open, so her and her friend walked inside of the home. Now, the first thing that they noticed was a scorched patch on the living room floor. They then made their way into the garage where they could smell lighter fluid. However, not only that, when they walked into the garage is where they also found Daniel's body stuffed into a sleeping bag. Once they found Daniel's remains, Peggy and her friend immediately ran out of the house and called 911. Peggy's friend said on the call, quote, There's a dead body. There was a fire, and we went to investigate. The fire must be a couple of days old, but there's a dead body in the garage that we just found. I'm with the homeowner who does not live here, end quote. Now, police immediately arrived to the scene, and not only did they find David's body, but they also realized that someone had started a fire in the house. It was clear to police that the fire had died on its own, however, that the fire was not the cause of Daniel's death. Police put together pretty quickly that it appeared to be an attempted cover-up situation, that whoever did this wanted to start a fire to make it appear that the fire would have been what killed Daniel. However, that was not the case. The medical examiner concluded that Daniel had been stabbed 70 times throughout his neck, head, and torso. It was also clear that whoever did this to Daniel had attempted to dismember his body and set a fire in order to try and conceal the murders in hopes that Daniel's body would burn. Now, something that police realized very, very quickly after searching throughout the home was that there was one person that was missing from this equation, and that was Sierra. Police were filled in on the custody agreement between Elizabeth and Daniel and knew that Elizabeth had primary custody. However, Sierra spent most of her time at her dad's house. Now, police spoke with Elizabeth and Elizabeth filled them in on the whole Sierra and Aaron situation and that they had been trying to run off to Los Angeles together, but they were forbidden to ever see each other again. And after learning about the backstory, police knew that they needed to find Sierra and Aaron. They started looking into Daniel's bank activity and that is when they saw on april 8th that sierra and aaron had been caught on surveillance at different atms throughout las vegas taking out money on daniel's debit card they also were seen using daniel's debit card at a supermarket in vegas as well as at a home depot where they purchased disposable gloves bleach cloths a saw blades and lighter fluid. At this point, police put out arrest warrants for both Sierra and Aaron. They knew that they had left by car because Daniel's car was also missing, and the car was caught on surveillance footage driving out of town on April 9th. But even though they had the car and knew that Sierra and Aaron were traveling by car, they didn't know what direction they were going in. However, based off of the story that Elizabeth had told the police about how Aaron and Sierra wanted to go to Los Angeles together, they knew Knew that it was probable that that is the direction that they would be heading in. And the drive from Vegas to LA is really not that far at all. It's only about four hours. And so police were confident that they were going to be able to locate them. And luckily they did. 
Several days later, on April 13th, police actually pulled over the car in Salt Lake City, not knowing that Sierra and Aaron had warrants out for their arrest. They got pulled over for a traffic stop, and when police started doing background checks on Sierra and Aaron, they quickly realized that both of them had warrants out for their arrest on a murder charge, and they were arrested right then and there. Now, when beginning their investigation, police ended up looking through Sierra's phone because as much as they believed that Sierra and Aaron were the ones responsible for this, they needed to be able to actually prove it. They needed evidence. And when they looked through Sierra's phone, they found probably the most damning piece of evidence that they could find, which was a confession. On Sierra's phone, there's actually a video of Sierra and Aaron lying in a tent together, and I'm going to play you the clip from that video and let you listen to the audio from it so you can hear it for yourself. <clears throat> Welcome um, back to our YouTube channel. After learning day three after marrying somebody. Whoa! Don't put that on the camera. It was worth it. So as you can clearly tell here, on camera, both Sierra and Aaron are admitting to the murder of Daniel. And not only are they admitting and confessing to the murder, they are laughing about it. They're taunting with it. They're making a joke out of the fact that they just killed Sierra's own father. And they also say that they don't regret it and that it was worth it. So you can imagine the shock that police felt when they saw that video, but it was also everything that they needed to fully convict Sierra and Aaron. Now, police were also able to piece together what they believe happened to Daniel on the night of April 8th. Law enforcement believes that Sierra and Aaron plotted to run away together to Los Angeles and resort back to their original plan after their parents had forbid them to see each other again. On April 8th, it's believed that they went to the ATMs pulling out cash for their trip before going to Home Depot to purchase the items that were intended to murder Daniel. After purchasing the items, it's believed they went back to Daniel's home, snuck up on him, and stabbed him over 70 times. Now, after stabbing him, Sierra and Aaron stuffed him into a sleeping bag before soaking the sleeping bag and Daniel's body in lighter fluid and lighting him on fire in the middle of the living room. Police believe that at some point the fire ended up fizzling out and Sierra and Aaron resorted to attempting to dismember Daniel's body with the circular saw that they purchased from Home Depot. However, once they realized that they were going to be unsuccessful in dismembering him, they decided to leave him in the sleeping bag and just throw him into the garage. Now, the saw, as well as all of the other tools, were found scattered throughout the home. There was blood everywhere on the tools and also skin and flesh from Daniel on the saws. There was also proof that Sierra and Aaron had tried to set the entire house on fire to burn all of the evidence. However, again, the fire smoldered out on its own and all of the evidence was left inside. Now, originally, shockingly, Sierra and Aaron actually pled not guilty. However, in May of 2022, they both ended up changing their pleas to a guilty plea, and they were both individually sentenced to 22 years to life in prison. 
Sierra and Aaron pled guilty to nine counts each, which included first-degree arson and murder with a deadly weapon. Interestingly enough, in late 2022, Aaron actually did an interview with a news outlet talking about the murders. He said, quote, Sierra got the weapon first, and I always carry a weapon. So you know that's what led to what happened after that. When Aaron was asked whose idea it was to commit the murder, he said, quote, Well, I would say it was both of our ideas because we didn't know exactly what we were going to do, but we knew we had to do something about it, and it turned out terribly wrong. We are both trying to cope with what happened, and we... Well, I can't say for Sierra, but personally, I feel guilt every day, end quote. Now, Aaron also talked about his mental health in this interview. He said that he was supposed to be taking medication and he was lying to everyone saying that he was taking the medication when in fact he was not. And instead of taking the medication, he was resorting to drugs such as LSD. And he claims that if he was sober at the time, he knows that he would not have gone through with the murder. He said, quote, I don't think I would have been capable of something like that had I been sober because it's a psychological drug as most people know and when you have a mental illness it only makes it worse Aaron also said that he's going to try and gain forgiveness from Daniel's family as well as prove that he should be released on parole after his 22-year sentence he said quote I'm proving to them that I'm not a monster that I still have potential to be a functioning member of society and can benefit society End quote. Now, Aaron said that if he is ever granted parole, he has no desire to ever speak to Sierra again. And obviously, Aaron did an interview. However, Sierra never has. She's never fully come forward and spoke about it. She has said at the sentencing that she did this because her father was abusive and she has a lot of trauma relating to her father. And whether that's true or not, because we don't know that doesn't necessarily take away what happened. And as far as Daniel's family, as you can imagine, they've just been absolutely devastated and heartbroken over Daniel's loss. They ended up excluding Sierra from Daniel's obituary, and they have publicly stated that they hope that Sierra and Aaron are given the harshest punishments that the law will allow, even though they believe that Daniel would want them to forgive. And that, you guys, is the case of Daniel Halseth. Now, I know personally, when thinking about this case and just thinking about the timeline of the murders, a question that was in my head, and I'm curious to see what you guys have to say about it, was Aaron and Sierra had deliberately planned this. They have decided to steal Daniel's credit card, go to the ATMs, go to the supermarket, go to Home Depot. This wasn't like it was some spur of the moment crime of opportunity act that they spontaneously did. This was something that was thought out. This was something that was premeditated. This was something that was planned. Not that it would make it better either way. However, I did have a little bit of a problem with that when Aaron was talking about that you know, he's not a monster and he wouldn't been able to be capable of something like this had he not been on drugs and if he was sober. Because the fact of the matter is, is that this was so premeditated and this was simply out of spite. It was out of hate. And my main question here is, how did they get the credit card? Did they sneak the card out of his wallet without him knowing? And then when they got home, 
decide to attack? Did they attack him before they took the credit card and then went back and finished the job afterwards? Because clearly, Sierra and Aaron were forbidden from seeing each other. So was Aaron hiding in the house? Did he show up to the house and do a sneak attack on Daniel, which we know that's ultimately what happened, but where was Aaron before the attack happened? Did they just both walk into the house and begin attacking Daniel right then and there, or was it more calculated than that? So those are the questions that I have about this case, but I'm really interested to hear what you guys have to say about it. I'm interested to hear if you think the punishments were too harsh or if they were not harsh enough. I'm very interested to hear what you guys have to say. So let me know in the comments below. And with that being said, you guys, that is all for me today. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Killer Instinct. Again, if you're new here, hi, my name is Savannah and I'm your host of Killer Instinct. Make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. We post weekly on the podcast every Wednesday and you're not going to want to miss it. I'll be back next week with a brand new case for you guys. And until then, stay safe. Bye guys.